Pondering the Bible. A deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome to Pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host, Ken Corkins, and this is a strange edition of Pondering the Bible because last week I was actually out sick with COVID, so Rocky and I did not have an opportunity to sit down and record the podcast. So instead, I decided I will just upload his actual sermon for you to listen to. Uh, no funny business because I don't mess with his sermon, right? Uh, but here you go. Here's the sermon, Trust God. The year is 735 B.C. It's 700 years before Jesus will be born. But for 200 years now, the nation of Israel has been split in half. In the north is the new nation of Samaria. They have lush farmland and wonderful groves of of grapes and olive trees. In the south is the nation of Judah. Judah has barren wasteland where nothing will grow. But it also has the city of Jerusalem, and it is the home to the holy temple of the Lord God, the one and only true God. Now, the world is a complex place. The Assyrians are the biggest, baddest bullies on the entire planet. 100 years before, they had reached a decision. Why should we grow crops or weave blankets or or spin clay pots if we can just take them from weaker people? If we are really, really good at war, we can make everyone else give us their stuff. The Assyrians ruled the Middle East with, with brutality. When they came to town, they killed all the men. No one was allowed to survive. The women were raped. The children were chained together by hooks through their tongues. And then they were led back to Assyria to become slaves. Anything of value was put on wagons and hauled back to Assyria. Entire cities would commit suicide when they heard that the Assyrians were coming to town. Now, south and west of Assyria is the nation of Syria, just Syria. The capital is Damascus. South of Damascus is the nation of Samaria, the northern part of old Israel, and its capital is Samaria. South of Samaria is the new nation of Judah with its capital, Jerusalem. And all three of these countries, Syria, Samaria, and Judah, must pay a massive annual tribute to the Assyrians. The equivalent in dollars today would be something like $10 billion a year, each of them. Every year, the Assyrians come to town, they ask for $10 billion, and everyone pays. And the Assyrians tell them, this is a good deal. What is your life worth? How much will you pay to live? Is any price too high? Of course not. Year after year, the Assyrians take all of their money. The king of Judah is named Ahaz. At least that's how we pronounce it in English. This is his coin. 
Uh, if you look on the top right, you can see that it calls him Echaz. 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 <laughs> Not going to do that anymore. Ahaz hates paying money to the Assyrians, but it's better than being dead. The problem is both of the nations to the north of him, Syria and Samaria, have decided to fight. They will combine their armies to fight Assyria. And they've decided that Ahaz and his army need to join them. And they're not giving him a choice. They send him a message. You can either send your army to fight with us or we will invade you. We will invade Judah. We will kill you and your relatives and we'll take your army anyway. So get ready for war, either with us or against us. Now, five years before this, a man named Isaiah had become a prophet. He didn't want to be a prophet. He had a good life. He was a member of the royal family, but not in line for the throne. He was, he was like a second cousin. And nobody expected anything from him, and he was, but he was allowed to live in the palace and to spend other people's money, right? That's about as good as life can be. No job, no expectations, unlimited money, right? Who doesn't want to be that guy? And then one day, he has a waking vision. He is transported directly to the throne room of heaven where God the Father is sitting on the throne surrounded by angels singing his praises. And he's told he is a prophet. And he says, no thanks. Uh, I have a problem with cursing and, and unclean speech, really not fit for this job. And God has an angel hold a burning hot coal to his tongue to burn out his bad words, right? Welcome to the prophet club, kid. King Ahaz doesn't really trust Isaiah. He thinks, okay, you know that you're never going to be the king, so you're just trying to get close to me and close to the throne by claiming to be a prophet. Like, like now you're going to have to be important, and I'm going to have to listen to what you say. And Isaiah tells him, no, no, it's, it's nothing like that. Look, out in the country is this other guy, Micah, right? And he's the real deal. He's, he's a genuine prophet. We're going to let Micah do all the heavy lifting. Uh, my job is just to pop in about once a month and tell everybody, trust God. Trust God. Everybody with me. Trust God. says, and then I'm going to go back to my apartment and live the life I love. I, I have no plans to get in your way. You're the king once a month. Yes, God. Five years go by, and Isaiah really doesn't do anything significant for God. Back to the present. Ahaz knows he's going to be attacked. Either Syria and Samaria will gang up on him, or the Assyrians will make their annual trip to town and attack him. And Jerusalem has a particular weakness. All of the city's water comes from a spring just outside of the city walls. 
And that means if anyone attacks them, it would be easy to poison the water supply and kill everyone in town. Kind of a significant flaw in your city defense system. Ahaz goes out to the water supply several days in a row to try and find a solution. And wouldn't you know it, that's when God puts Isaiah to work. Isaiah shows up at the spring and he says, I have a message from God. And and Ahaz says, okay, what? And Isaiah says, trust God. And Ahaz says, I know, I know. Every month you say, trust God, I get it. And Isaiah says, no, no. God spoke to me last night, and he says, you really need to trust him. He knows what you're thinking. He knows you're trying to decide if you should join with Syria and Samaria and attack the Assyrians, or should you betray both of them to the Assyrians. He knows that you're thinking about attacking them from the south when the Assyrians attack from the north. And God says, don't do either one. Just trust him. He will take care of you. He will make sure everyone survives. There's there's no actual danger. Just trust God. You know how sometimes we say, don't just stand there, do something. He says, well, this time God is saying to you, don't just do something. Stand there. In fact, God will prove to you he can be trusted. Ask him for a miracle. Pick one of these three. You can either have a massive earthquake deep down in the ground that lasts for a long time, and it starts the second you say now, Or you can have thunder and lightning from a clear blue sky, or you can have a meteor shoot across the entire sky. Pick one. You say now, it happens, and you know for a fact you can trust God. The problem is Ahaz doesn't trust God. In fact, he's not sure God is even real. And he's pretty sure Isaiah doesn't hear from God. But other people are watching. And if the king says, you're not a prophet, or if the king says, God isn't real, this is going to turn into a public relations nightmare. So he decides to do something cute. Deuteronomy 6.16 says, you must not test the Lord your God. And so Ahaz says, you're not fooling me, Isaiah. I know not to test God. See, I know the Bible. Isaiah understands in this case, not testing God is blasphemy. When God gives you a choice, you darn well better choose. To refuse to choose is blasphemy. Ahaz doesn't fool Isaiah. His mind is already made up. He knows what he wants to do, and nothing God says is going to make any difference. Isaiah says to him, then here's the deal. God is going to pick. God himself will choose proof that you can trust God to save you. A young woman who is a virgin will get pregnant, yet still be a virgin. She will give birth to a son. He will be named Emmanuel, which means God is here. 
If you won't trust the invisible God, maybe you will trust God incarnate, God with flesh, God with skin. And his entire purpose in coming will be to save us. What are you going to do, Ahaz? Will you trust God? I want to step outside of the story for just a moment. There is tremendous controversy today about exactly what Isaiah said. For 1900 years, everyone agreed he said a virgin will give birth. But for the last 100 years, that statement is being denied. There are those who say Mary was not a virgin. She was never advertised as a virgin. Isaiah didn't say anything about virgins. Let's talk about that. Ancient Hebrew didn't have a word for virgin. The Hebrew word Isaiah writes down is almah. The technical meaning is young woman. Here's the deal. Purity was assumed. If you are not married, we assume you are a virgin. All young women are assumed pure unless proven otherwise. The word alma appears seven times in the Old Testament. The other six times, the woman is eventually proven to be a virgin. So why would this time with Isaiah be any different? But today, it's popular to say that Isaiah wasn't talking about Jesus. Isaiah said, young woman, and by that, he meant that he himself would have a baby as proof. Well, not him, his wife. Uh, Or he meant maybe that Ahaz would have a baby uh, as proof. Or some young girl somewhere in the world would get pregnant and have a baby boy. The problem is neither Isaiah or Ahaz have a young wife, and both of them have already had all of their sons by this time. So that doesn't work. And if some girl somewhere in the world gets pregnant and has a baby, how do you know the prophecy has been fulfilled? We know young girls get pregnant every day. What would be the point of a prophecy that cannot be verified? How in the world would that make you trust God? It wouldn't. It's ridiculous. 300 years before Jesus was born, Alexander the Great made the Jews translate their Bible into Greek. A team of 70 scholars translated the Old Testament into Greek. And when they translated Isaiah 7.14, they chose the word parthenos. That word is undeniably virgin. It cannot mean anything else. The Jews themselves understood that what Isaiah said was virgin. That's the miracle. It is a fantastic miracle which has only happened once in all of history, which is why there is no doubt that the miracle proves it is safe to trust God to save you. God gave Isaiah a miracle to prove Jerusalem would survive the attack by Syria, Samaria, and Assyria. And they did. But when that miracle 
came to fruition, when it became a reality, it proved that you and I can also trust God. Our battle against sin and death is no less serious than an Assyrian invasion. But it's okay. You are safe. You will survive. A baby boy born in Bethlehem is your proof. Trust God. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us at www.pondergmc.org. There you can watch our live stream services, listen to replays of Rocky Sermons, and find other interesting information about us. This has been Pondering the Bible.